Who knows what Jay-Z, J.K. Rowling, Bill Gates and Oprah Winfrey all have in common? Okay, I will tell you then. They have all overcome failure in one shape or form to go on to gain success in their respective careers. Welcome to My Perfect Failure. Join us as we delve into the world of our perfect failures. We will interview, explore, and discuss how our perfect failures can lead us to success. Join us and tune in. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of My Perfect Failure. Today, we've got another amazing guest, so I'm particularly excited for the guest today. So today's guest is the CEO of Pro Level Training, the national director of Nike Sports Camps, a former professional basketball player and a renowned motivational speaker. After retiring from his career in professional basketball, he founded Pro Level Training, which has become a seven-figure company. In addition to running Pro Level Training, he's also the national director for Nike Sports Camps, as well as an accomplished speaker. He also was honoured to speak to thousands and deliver his own TEDx talk, which is brilliant. I'm going to put that in the show notes. I've watched that a couple of times. Um, in addition, he is also the author of Filtering, The Way to Attract Strength from Struggle. So really a perfect fit for My Perfect Failure. So a very warm welcome to My Perfect Failure, Joel Green. How are you doing, Joel? I'm doing great, Paul. Thanks a lot for having me on. You're, you're, you're very welcome. So I kind of alluded to, to this before we spoke, before we started recording. I'm always, I'm always um, intrigued by how people are able to fit in so many different things. So you're, so for you, you know, you're quite, you're quite varied. So you motivational speaking, you know, mm-hmm. author. Um, you've got the um, PLT, and you're the national director for Nike Sports Camp. So that's a lot. So how how do you personally manage to juggle so many different things? Well, it's it's funny because I don't feel I know I, I've been asked this before. Really? And I I never feel like it's a juggle or it has been a juggle uh over the periods of my life. Yeah. Where I may have had a number of things going on. Um I'm a very curious person. I'm curious about my abilities, my skills, mm. my talents. And I'm always very interested in seeing if I can become talented in an interest that I may have. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I'm interested in actually pursuing that because I feel like I'm capable. But let me, mm. let's actually see. So I go ahead and take it on. Even if I happen to be doing something else, nothing that, to where it can be overbearing. Mm. But, you know, I, I, I know at this point in Athletics definitely helped me to do one thing at a time. Really? You know, and even if I have seven going on at seemingly at the same time, I only do one thing at a time. You know, I was a student athlete. That was a, that was, can be considered a juggle. And that was yeah. a huge thing. Yeah. You know, playing basketball in college at the division one level, athletically, we were demanded, a, you know, demanded yeah. a quite a bit, you know, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., practices and things like that and didn't have to be a class at eight with energy <laughs> and attentiveness like how in the world are we going to do that but and then study hall in the evening after a couple of practices or workouts mm. just seemingly all happening in the same day but mm. you can only do one at a time that's and so that's what I do now even in, in life as a, as a father as mm. a business owner as an author mm. when I'm writing I'm only writing, you know, yeah. that's it. It's yeah. not like I'm trying to do everything at the same time. When I'm when I'm a father, 
obviously I'm always a father. Yeah. But if it's me and my son doing something, that's my focus. Mm. And I just do my best to, to segment things and not be overwhelmed by just doing one thing at a time. Yeah, that's interesting. So you, know, you mentioned about getting up at 5 a.m. training and then you're, you're, you're at college studying at 8 a.m. Do you think there's almost like a, com- a compound effect for you, that sort of discipline? And, I, and I, I think I saw somewhere that you went to a military college as well. So do you think that you've instilled a discipline into yourself where, you know, whatever's got to be done, you just get to it and do it? Yeah, I mean, that's it's, it's, it's funny, man. From military school, when I, I was, what, 17 and 18 years old when I was there. And that right there, that did it for me. That mm-hmm. was that was an initial wake up call yeah. for me as far as the areas of discipline. Discipline. It wasn't that I was ever extremely undisciplined, but mm-hmm. man, that you had no choice yeah. there but to wake up, be information, be at mess hall to eat breakfast by a certain time, and mm-hmm. things like that. So I just came home doing those same things. Like, okay, I put myself on a schedule after that yeah. point. You know, it was so really? everything was so scheduled. You had to be you had to be in bed by a certain time, lights out by a certain time, and I kept myself doing a number of those things. Not everything. I, mm. I didn't continue to roll my socks up or things like that. <laughs> but, but but as far as the schedule went, I stayed disciplined with it and just began saying, "Okay, mm. put yourself on a schedule. Have mm. structure to mm. your day. Have stru- structure to your week and to your plans." That yeah. was the best part for me. I began structuring my plans and that allowed me to take on multiple things again, mm. seemingly at once. Yeah. And discipline has spilled over into again my athletics, into business, and just overall my life. Yeah. It's um it's interesting that, you know, when we're kind of 17, 18, 16, sometimes we don't like discipline because we're just curious <laughs> and we just want to do our own thing. Exactly. But it almost feels to me that. You know, I don't know what you were feeling at that time, but those things have been really helpful to you because it's just given you a skill set that a lot of us don't have that because mm-hmm. we've not been in those types of institutions where right. you kind of, uh, you know, you you just drilled and you just understand that this breeds success and, you know, you just know what you're doing. So great. So this episode, I wanted to call it, I've kind of stolen this from you, so a bit of plagiarism on my part. <laughs> so what separates the achievers from the non-achievers with you? Because I think you've achieved, you've come from a, I'd, I'd love to talk a little bit about your TEDx talk, which mm. I definitely will put in the show. And I think everybody should watch that because that's re- really motivational, motivational and insightful. So I guess what I gleaned from that is, you know, there's definitely challenges out there in terms of, um, in terms of way that black people, you know, are, are treated, mm-hmm. and well, there's, it's a it's a it's a massive conversation that yeah. will take a bit beyond our time to to actually find a fix for it. But I guess um, what I'm keen to start is your background because your background was quite challenging. You you weren't given anything in terms of a, a, a silver ticket or a golden ticket, you know, to achieve or to access wealth and opportunity so could we maybe start a little bit with your background and some of the struggles that you saw and overcame for sure for sure uh again i grew up in, in philadelphia and you know in, in the, the ghettos of, of philadelphia and during the, the the crack era of the, the late 80s early 90s during that time 
And, uh, you know, I, our home was an abandoned home is what you considered an abandoned home. Uh, we moved into an abandoned house and, uh, that's where I lived for, for the first seven, eight years of my life. And, um, it was, you know, we wore donated clothes from the church and, um, I was fine with it as a kid. I mean, that was just my life. I didn't know that there was anything besides that, you know, mm -hmm. I just figured, okay, this is, Oh, we got new clothes in the hefty bag, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, let's dig through them and pick out new stuff. It was like mm -hmm. Christmas. I'm, I'm serious. Mm -hmm. It was, it, it felt that same way many times when we're rifling through these clothes mm -hmm. in, a, in a hefty bag. And it was like going to the store. Now, it wasn't to say that we never got new clothes. That would be a lie. Mm -hmm. But having moments like this, these very, you know, especially in hindsight, humbling moments, it's like, man, you know, how do my parents feel? Mm, right yeah. like you know as a child i was like oh yeah this is great and i'm playfully running around the holes in our staircase you know i'm writing on our walls because we already had graffiti on a lot of our walls mm. so i'm adding to it mm. i'm like in hindsight man how did my parents feel about this you know yeah. but being around you know things like that and I, I was 10 feet away from a shooting when i was six years old you know have, thinking that I was going to get shot. And it was nobody else there besides the kid that got shot and, and a couple of the shooters. So growing up in that environment, man, it was just, it was difficult. Mm. You know, it was scary that many mm. times, I'll be honest with you. But it was just my life, you know, at the same time. I'm not even going to say unfortunately. I, I'll yeah. say fortunately, it was my life because that made me who I am. Yeah. And so much of what I've achieved has been a result of me drawing from those mm. moments of, you know what? I may be going through something tough now, but it ain't as tough as, as, as that was. Yeah. This might be scary, but it's not as scary as mm. running from that, you know, mm. that shooting thing. I was going to get shot mm. at six years old. So those unfortunate circumstances, seemingly unfortunate, I should say, were actually, fortunately, a blessing uh, for my life. Yeah. That's, um, that's interesting because there will be kids in Philadelphia, in New York, in London, all over the place, all over the world that have got challenges and you know it's you can go one of two ways with this you can go the route that, that you took where you've been able to absorb everything mm -hmm. and use that to propel yourself to do amazing things and there'll be some you know kids that you might take a different route and it might clearly it's not all their fault you know this background the circumstances and maybe they don't have access to people like you that's mm -hmm. why i love what you're doing because you know, you're not keeping your journey to yourself. You're, yeah. you know, you, you know, you've written a book, which we'll get into in a second, but you're, you know, essentially giving people the the narrative actually that you can come from really, really challenging environments mm -hmm. and situations, you know, to actually see or be around someone that was shot at six years of age, that that's impactful. You know, that, that can right. impact somebody for their entire life. So to be able to absorb all that and to, and to, then to do what you're doing today is is r remarkable. So, oh, basketball what, was that always your first love? That was my first love, man. Really, that, that was that was my first love, and my only love for a really long time. Really, so, um, it, it was such an outlet. Again, mm. it was a great outlet from what I was around, mm. from some of the things that I just described to you. And uh, it, it just became the, the the most beautiful thing for me to do because it was like, man, I get to run around. I already had that kid mm. boy energy. Yeah. I'm just running around. 
and it was just poetic to me man but basketball was just so mm. awesome so you know i just loved doing it and it was just an amazing escape you know yeah. it allowed me to i'll be honest take out anger that i had yeah. in me from my environment mm. it gave me a reason to stay in line and to be good so i can continue to be on a team mm. and play so even that at an early age begin to instill some discipline in yeah. me to say hey take care of schooling because if you do bad you won't be playing basketball really you know if you're not doing your homework you can't go out and play with your friends mm. at the basketball court mm. so those two things co you know coincided just allowed me to say okay stick with this sport man it's, it's doing some good things for you and and i began having some early success yeah. with it so uh i was motivated to just keep playing and then i just kept growing yeah. you know it is it's like lucky, man. yeah I'm, I'm <laughs> the high. but it was like i i wanted to be like michael jordan to be six, yeah. six. I'm like let me hopefully one day and yeah um that obviously helped you know yeah <laughs> so yeah it's lovely man yeah and so like you know you mentioned about 5am is were you getting up were you, when you were training was that basketball as well was that an early start for you the older i got so you know once i got into i would say going into college going mm -hmm. into college i began doing my, my 5am workouts or excuse me in college because it happened my freshman year it was mm. a story i won't go into fully it's in the book yeah but uh it, it really you know uh jolted me to begin waking up mm. earlier uh, in the morning and you know i began waking up at 4 30 actually 4 30 wow. in the morning i would wake up and watch a, a mike tyson highlight you know <laughs> video just to motivate me and and i would watch him just knock people out right serious motivation right <laughs> right this was like 1980s, early yeah. 90s, Mike Tyson. Yeah. And um, and it would just motivate me. I, I would wake up and I would go to the to the track right after that. I would get to the track by by 5:15. And um I would just start my day uh that way. I loved it. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. And at some point, because obviously you've played professional, you've had a professional career, which is which is amazing. At what point did you realize actually I've got an opportunity opportunity here to have a career? Because there's clearly you, you'd know this more than me but there must be hundreds of thousands if not millions of boys in the u.s but when did you realize that you've got a talent for this and actually you can you know do this have this as a career i'll be honest i would say in high school yeah um the moment i made all city in philadelphia i knew this is how i looked at it i always again being from philly being from a big city like that I figured we were amongst the best bas best basketball players in the mm. world, mm. especially in America. Yeah. You know, let's America. Which is, which is the world, basically, that you are the, you know, you're the, you're the best. Th that, that's that's you know that's how I always looked at mm. it, and I'm like, okay, we, we have our we have our 50 states, right? We have a number, you know, select few of major cities, and hey, I made the all city team for my city, which it's is a crazy. major city. So yeah. just, you know, with that process of thought, I said, okay, mm. I can definitely mm. at least become a division one basketball player mm. here in the States. And beyond that, I know I can make it to the professional ranking. So that was my dream, you know, since I was younger and, you know, just being able to say, okay, just keep doing what you're doing. You stood out within mm. the city. You now do your best to stand out in college once you get there and you do that enough. You don't have to be the star, but you stand mm. out enough. You can make it to the professional the next level, which is the pro. So, yeah. um, you know, God's help, it, it happened. Which is phenomenal. And the 76 is your team. 
Absolutely. Okay. I, I was always like, no, no, again, always a 76ers fan, but I'm not going to lie. I was also a Bulls fan. When Michael yeah, was yeah same. Like that. It was same. hard not to be. Same, yeah, same. He, he, you know, for me, you know, being from the UK, he kind of, like, from an, from an outside perspective, not being a guy from the US, when you see basketball from America, it just, it, it has a different feel. You just mm-hmm. feel that you're watching real elite sport. Cool. You know, at, at, at the t- at the really top level, that's my mm. sort of perception of it. But when I got to see the Bulls, just um, you know, it was just you know different level. Yeah, for, for me, he and you know he is you know, arguably him and Ali, the, the you know the top athletes right. ever. You know, they just tra- they just transcend it. He's still relevant now, and he's like I don't know when the last time he played the game was, probably um twenty odd years ago. So basketball, he had the career basketball. And, you know, at some point that that ended and then you got into business, you became an entrepreneur. Was that always inside you, you know, the ability to be an entrepreneur? Where, where did that sort of come in? I'm not just an entrepreneur, a very successful entrepreneur. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, it's always I would say always since childhood, for sure. Um, you know, I, and it was it didn't come by way of me as a child starting businesses. But I had a lot of ideas mm. for products and businesses. I didn't start them. Mm. I didn't act on actually making it a business, but I mm. made a number of products when mm. I was younger. Mm. I used to want to be an really? architect. So I used to build things all the time. I used to build houses, little model homes a lot. You know, I made my own board game when I was a kid, when I was about 10 or 11 years old. Just didn't take it to any company to have it created. Yeah. But it's funny, just to fast forward about close to 30 years, that game that I made just came out about two, three years ago. Really? Um, it, it, not by me, though. Yeah. Even yeah. I literally created, I saw it on the shelf, you know, at a, at a department store two years ago. Yeah. And um, so it was like I had that, mm-hmm. that, that mind of ingenuity then, even as a child. And as I got older, I'm like, okay, let's continue to exercise my creativity. And like I said earlier, acting on my interests. Like yeah. I said, okay, I'm interested in doing this. I feel like I'm capable. Let's try it out. And I would just mm-hmm. make something. And, you know, I, I had probably four businesses before my yeah. current business that just kind of, that failed, yeah. you know, but again, the perfect failure. They, you know, it was like, they, yeah. they each taught me something yeah. that I contributed to when I'm now running mm-hmm. that allowed for now when I'm running to be successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually that's the nature of this podcast because, you know, they probably, you know, in some respects, they didn't fail because you've been able to take information from every one of them situations. Mm-hmm. Because if you didn't, if you didn't have those situations, maybe you wouldn't be doing what you're doing now at such a level mm-hmm. because you wouldn't have that information. Right. You, you know, so, you know, that's the way that I interpret it because, yeah. and I think that potentially there's people listening that have had, they might think, well, my, my businesses didn't work and I just didn't try it again. Mm-hmm. And maybe they didn't, you know, look at the information that you did and you were able to execute and do what you're doing now. And are, are there any correlations with, do you think, resilience in business and basketball? Because I, because I imagine basketball, there are lots of ups and downs to get to to be able to play it professionally. I can't imagine it's just like you just walk onto a court and it just happens and you, you don't get any injuries or mm-hmm. the coach doesn't decide that you want to pick somebody else above you for, for whatever reason. Are there some resilience correlations that, that, that you can see 
Oh, big time. It's, 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 there's too many correlations to name, you know, yeah. even down to working with others as far mm-hmm. as the, the ability to have teamwork, you know, the ability yeah. to listen to authority, listen to your coaches. Now, you know, in business, you got to listen to others as well. You got to listen to those that may be partnered, but maybe above you in regards to what project you're working on, you know, just kind of adhering to things like that again, um, just especially when it comes down to work ethic. I mean, that's that's a huge thing. Mm. You know, I, I want it to be my best as an athlete. I want to be my best right now as a CEO, you know, as a business partner. Mm. And so I apply the same work ethic, man. I still even wake up early in the morning mm. to start my day so that I can maximize on the amount of hours yeah. that I can put in and contribute toward mm. my life and my work. Yeah. So for me, um, there's so many correlations uh, from athletics uh, in, into business, man. But I, I would say the best one is just the, the grind, like mm. the hard work. I love it. Really? I mean, it, it's, really? It's, such a, it's a challenge. And that's what I love about it. It's, that was me as an athlete. If I was faced with a challenge, mm. whether it be an injury or like you even mentioned, being overlooked, which happened plenty mm. of times, mm. uh, I took it as a challenge. Mm. That challenge made me work harder, mm. not be overlooked the next time. Yeah. To win the next game. So yeah. if it happens now, I'm like, okay, let's do this. Mm. And that's a, a really interesting trait because I think it's very easy when when we're overlooked or something doesn't go our way to kind of, you know, give up or just mm. think, you know what, this isn't for me. Particularly something with basketball, I don't know this, I'm making an assumption here, but it's a long shot to be able to play basketball professionally. So I'm imagining that a lot of your, you know, people potentially were saying, well, you know, maybe you should focus on yeah. a, a career in Wall Street or, or something else because, you know, who makes it? There's very few people make it professionally. Mm. And when you're getting your, if a coach overlooks you, maybe you say, and you speak to, or you remember those conversations, you might think, well, you know what, they had a, they had a point. <laughs> maybe I should have, right. because I could have, I could be a lawyer or I could be an accountant yeah. or, or whatever it may be and have three, four, five years experience under my belt. And I now, so it's difficult to kind of keep those that, that those negative thoughts at bay when you're having those difficult moments. For sure. I mean, again, you have so you have in some instances, you have more people pointing in negativity mm. than positivity. Yeah. And that's when it's like you just gotta believe in yourself at that. You yeah. really just gotta know who you are mm. versus what other people suggest you should be or become. Yeah. Um, it's like, for me, I knew, you know, I was, I had high conviction in what I knew I wanted, mm. you know, athletically. And I'm like, no, I know I was injured my freshman year. I know that I was out sick for over a month, my senior year. Like I had things happen that were hiccups and I transferred. I went to what, four different colleges, mm. you really? know, in a five year stretch, you know, I was able to win. Three titles along the way, though. That's so, crazy. You know, two national titles back to back, and the third one my my last year. So it was had great success. Yeah, but with all the movement, it was a ton of adjusting. Yeah. you know, um, identity crisis because I was counted on for this over here, but not counted on it for that same characteristic yeah. over here. And it's like, but I was over here, and it's like I got to figure out who I am. I got to just know and mm. walk in who I am with confidence, mm. no matter where I go, mm. and things are going to work out. Yeah, Jay Z talks a little bit about that. 
slightly the same walk into a room and i know you know i walk in as me mm -hmm. and so i think he's got his identity and confidence switched on there what i wanted to talk a, a little bit about is um your tedx talk which i've watched twice which is nice. which is brilliant by the way and i've shared it with some friends at the end i'll let you talk about it a little bit because you'll do it more justice than me but maybe you can uh, reference how it came about and a little bit about what motivated you to talk about that particular subject mm. well i mean when i you know had the opportunity to to do the ted talk you know i pounced on it you know it, mm. it was just something you know i've watched ted talks for years and um it was during a time to where there was so much visible obviously injustice has been, has been occurring mm. for way too long yeah uh not just here in the states but across the world um between you know what black white you know and so this was during a time a couple of years ago just after george floyd incident mm. had occurred over here and brianna taylor it was a number mm. of incidents just in succession and it was mm. just like we were fed up i was fed up you know and it's like you know it just was it was it was on my heart. Yeah. It was heavy on my heart to to talk about these. I was talking about these things behind the scenes so much as far as this, what needs to happen, what ought to happen to bring about more equality. And so I, I said, okay, let me initially I was going to do more of just a motivational talk. Mm. And I said, I I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Um I I felt selfish if I did that. I felt like I wouldn't have been able to contribute toward what was taking place in the world. Mm. I felt like I, I, I had a, an opportunity to help improve things, mm. you know, uh, and drive them toward equality as opposed to just trying to motivate mm. people. Mm. So I decided to fuse the two. Mm. Again, you, you've seen it. Yeah. I, I said, okay, let me still motivate people, but motivate them toward equality. Mm. And that's when I brought up an incident that occurred with me you know, to where I was racially profiled and pulled over as an 18 year old and slammed up against a van and had my officer rip my shirt. I had no weapons, no drugs, nothing on me. I had basketball, basketball shorts and the t-shirt on that was already had no sleeves. I was hiding nothing. Mm. And, you know, he claimed that I, I ran a stop sign and, and it, that wasn't even the case. And even if I did run a stop sign, is that cause for taking somebody out of the car and slamming them up mm. against Mm. a vehicle and you know it, it, it was it was it was crazy it was scary yeah. I, I didn't know what was about to happen yeah because it because when i was listening to that i said i watched it twice and it's it is it's you know you immerse yourself in the way that you your delivery and the, the content and it's like who he's the criminal because it's like stopping you for no reason right. you know manhandling you ripping your possession so can you were you able to complain about that or was it just not really worth it because of the system i i didn't talk i didn't even complain about it you know it's funny it's not um, worth it because of the system it you know that's what, the thing. That's you, the you're, thing. you're on their radar as soon as you open your mouth actually he's, yeah. on, he's on our radar now right and that's that's you gotta that's exactly how it is you know all of a sudden you're on the radio radar and unfortunately my mind was already so accustomed to it where yeah. i grew up it yeah. wasn't that that happened to me all the time. No, mm. but I saw it happen. I mean, I'll be walking mm. the street and I'll see it happen mm. often enough, mm. all the time, to be honest, mm. you know, around the city. So it was just, it wasn't just another thing, but it was so common yeah. that I didn't feel like I had to take it to the courts. 
Where wow. I said, you know what? Yeah. I'm glad. God, thank you for letting me get out of this situation. Let me continue to enjoy my vacation. I was on vacation. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't trying to be boggled down with trying to get the cop in trouble. And I didn't care for him. I didn't want to see him again. You know, yeah. I didn't even tell my parents for years. They, were. I got mm-hmm. back to the resort. I told my cousin and my girlfriend who was with me, mm-hmm. I said, don't say anything. I didn't want to ruin the, the trip. Yeah. So my parents didn't even know. Mm-hmm. I think until maybe just before the TED talk, I made a mission to which was <laughs> really? like 15 yeah. years later. Yeah, man. You know, um, Crazy. But I just, I, yeah. I kept it to myself mm-hmm. and it was something that I should have been more transparent about. I should have expressed it. Yeah, well, I think, you know, you're young and, you know, it actually doesn't matter what age you are because, unfortunately, it's so rife. You know, these they do it every day, you know, daily. It's a, it's a daily occurrence and, and mm-hmm. it's so endemic in, in culture, particularly in the States, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But... You know, people almost think, is it worth reporting this? Because I don't want any more hassle. I don't want them to right. pick up my brother. I don't want them to pick up my cousin. I don't want them to pick up my partner. My So, and it's like, because you're not even thinking about you all the time. You're thinking about your loved ones or any, right. or your friends because, you know, they can work out who you're connected to. Mm. So, there's, so you've got all these different thought processes and, and emotions to consider. So you don't, you're, not, you're not just considering yourself. Right. I mean, that that's the thing. It's and I, I knew that immediately. Again, I didn't want to ruin anybody else's anything or get mm-hmm. any, anybody else involved. I was just like, all right, I'm glad that we're escaping this because it was it was getting pretty bad. Again, yeah. you heard the details that I did provide. But when I'm thinking about it, it was a step away of, yeah, you know, you him Yeah, you him really really doing something yeah. again, he already kind of was throwing me i was just getting you know a little 17 18 year old right? so i was easy to move around i was yeah. like six five well i was already around six 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 seven but nothing that also added to the threat to be honest yeah. you know yeah. he asked me to get out the car i step out and I'm, I'm towering over him and you know i think he was threatened by that alone mm-hmm. he told me to go one way and then he pulled me in the other direction mm-hmm. and he started kind of moving me around and mm-hmm. It was about to go somewhere where, mm. thankfully, it didn't go. Yeah. And when he was called away, I was like, mm. I got my my van so fast, mm. and I he told he told me go go in for the night. Why, you know, why would I have to go in for the night? But crazy, crazy. You know, it's like like I, I'm I'm 18. I had my license. I had everything that he he, mm. had, he requested. Mm. I had everything. I was it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, and but, it's, yeah, and it's it, it is a worrying situation and you were lucky people i'll put it in the show notes and people will be able to watch and um you know be equally um dismayed but i'm i'm, I'm glad that you you navigated through it and you're here to to, to tell your story i just want to ask a question around because I, I forgot to ask this around um pro level training what you do because probably people thinking paul you can ask about pro level training then we can get into your book so could you give a little bit of background around pro-level training, what you guys do there? Sure, sure. That, that, that's my company that I started 11 years ago. And um, <clears throat> initially just started, you know, by training, you know, mm. local basketball players mm. in the Philly area. Mm. And, you know, there were a number of kids that used to want to work out with me, one in particular, and I wouldn't let them mm. at all because uh, I, I didn't feel like they can handle my workouts. Oh, really? Waking up, being at the gym by 5 a.m. and 
actually bringing energy to that yeah. circumstance. I'm like, it's not about, don't just show up and be there. That's only step one. Really, You got to bring everything. You got to, you know, work. So there's one kid who kept asking me, I say, look, here's what you can do. He, I'm talking about, he was persistent, man. I look, I, I, I promise you, I can, I can hang. I said, look, you can come rebound for me. Right. So that's, I would go and pick him up at 5 a.m. I would be at his house by five, pick him up. We would get to the gym by, you know, before 5 30. And he was my rebounder. And just as a thank you to him, I would train him for like 20, 30 minutes after my workout. Hmm. And this was during, this is me as a pro. So this is during my off season. <laughs> so I'm like, I didn't want any distractions. I'm yeah. like, yo, dude, this is my pro workout, you yeah. know? But him being a rebounder actually helped me out. He ended yeah. up you know, passing me the ball, rebounded for me. So I started, you know, again, just as a thank you, working him out. And I started enjoying mm. training, mm. you know, helping other people in that in that regard. And um began drafting some ideas. I've said, okay, you know, I know I want to get into business at some point and came back to the States and started my company and just kept doing that, you know, as opposed to just doing doing an off season. So let me see yeah. if I can do this year round. And begin doing that. And, you know, Nike, you know, who's the number one sports yeah. brand in the world, you know, we end up connecting and partnering. And um, I became a, a camp director yeah. for Nike's for pro level training. We were able to have our first pro level training Nike basketball camp. Amazing. And um, that was amazing, man. And then business just began taking off. You know, people began hearing about it. And mm. we went from having one camp to now almost 70 around really? the country wow and uh in about 17 states and close to 40 cities across america and we're in canada as well so um it's just been a, a beautiful thing and it's not just basketball we now cover six different sports soccer is you know another sport that i love and yeah track and field is another sport that i played and um we, a, a host of other sports and um that's pro level training it's just the whole concept is to really just give the kids a glimpse of what it takes to get to the professional yeah. level. Yeah. Like we okay. understand that everyone's not going to make it there. Yeah. But let's let them see what it what it feels yeah. like. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So congratulations on your success. I hadn't realized it scaled that significantly. <laughs> so that's amazing. And um I look forward to seeing you guys in London one day as well. Maybe that's oh, that, look, I'll, I'll say this. I was, I've been talking about it since last year mm. uh, with someone. So I, I would love that as well. So London, London and the UK needs that. So, um, mm. so we look, we look forward to that, the expansion to the UK mm. and, and, and beyond. Yeah, uh, sure. So I'm super excited to get into to, to, to your book. What maybe you can just a little bit about the book. What, what was the inspiration behind <laughs> the book and what can people expect from the book when they go uh, pick it up? Life was the inspiration, man. Um, it, it was just the, the difficulties of life, to be honest, was the initial inspiration for the book. Um, for me, filtering, you know, which is the name of the book, was it was a method that I came up for myself just to not just get over things that I was going through. Yeah. Not just to get beyond them, but I wanted to get better as I got beyond them. I wanted to actually be propelled by the difficulty. Mm. So... For me, again, I, I like looking at things differently and say, okay, I don't want to just get to the other side of this thing. No, I want to pick up some stuff as I'm getting to the other mm. side. Like I want to find a way to get stronger, more yeah. powerful. And once I get to the other side, I'm able to, to say, man, that can never affect me again in yeah. the way that it did. Yeah. 
you know, I can also I help this. other people to get through this thing and have that never affect them again. And yeah. um, so that was the initial inspiration, just going through a lot of difficulty at one point, you know, about eight years or so ago. Um, I began writing the book about six years ago. Okay. And um, it just, I said, okay, I came up with something. And again, you see the subtitle mm -hmm. of the book is The Way yeah. to Extreme Strength from the Struggle. Yeah. yeah. I was able to draw from these difficulties, mm -hmm. actually use them mm -hmm. to propel me. Yeah. It was, it, it, it's been an amazing thing, amazing journey. Was it therapeutic for you as well to actually put it down and and potentially remember some of the situations that you went through? Oh, it, it was so therapeutic. It, it was the best therapy I've ever experienced. Mm. And I mean that emotionally and mentally, it was freeing. Mm. It, it just yeah. it freed me of so much. Again, in the same way I said, I, I held in that story that I mentioned in the TED Talk. Mm. I didn't talk about yeah. that, anybody. Yeah. And... You know, it's I touch on so many stories throughout the book um, that I never talked about verbally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, or if I did speak about it verbally from the stage as a speaker, you know, as I'm talking to different audiences, I may not have spoken with as much detail yeah. as I did yeah. in the book. Yeah. So it was so freeing, man. I'm, I'm talking as I was writing, I was crying, you yeah. know, so often. I'm just like, wow, I didn't realize that I felt as strongly about yeah. these things that I'm writing and I'm yeah. expressing now. You know, and I would laugh about different things as I'm writing. And it just it was a joy mm -hmm. just to to write this book, man. It, it, it was so impactful, inspirational for me to write, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm now hearing how how inspiring it mm -hmm. is for the readers. Mm -hmm. It's, it's I, I'm just I'm overjoyed, man, just with the whole experience, to be honest. Yeah. And um, I was thinking, actually, as you were talking, that I can imagine it must be quite useful for you to read periodically as well, although you wrote it. Because, because it's impactful, it's inspirational, it's you. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, do you have a kind of like, I don't know, have you earmarked certain chapters or certain quotes or certain certain memories that can just help you at certain moments? You you just personally, even though you are the author? Absolutely. I mean, there the, the, the one of my favorite chapters is chapter three called The Purpose of Our Pain. Mm. And it's it's definitely you know i would say if it's not my favorite it's probably my second favorite but yeah. there's so many nuggets in there that i that i included that spoke to me while i was writing it mm. and i really pondered on those things as i was writing like wow this is truly how i felt this is what mm. i this is what i experienced this is how i not again not only got over the pain but this is how i used the pain mm. to actually drive me to the other side of the pain and it was just, it was such a um, revealing process to write that chapter. I remember, I remember writing, it was like, man, this is helping me to grow as I'm mm -hmm. writing this right now. So I know it's going to help other people. But that that chapter, man, there are so many things that can be highlighted and that I've even highlighted going through the manuscript yeah. Um, yeah. from that chapter. Yeah. Yeah, that, it, you know, it, it, it sounds amazing. And I... I love the the filtering, mm -hmm. and then you've got the way to attract strength from struggle. So, wh when you're going through difficult moments, do you think about this is what I'm going through now? But there's going to be something I can attract here. There's going to be some benefit here. Do you do you kind of have to put that side of your brain in in into sort of play mode 
so you're able to tune into that and make that struggle worth worthwhile yeah i mean absolutely i mean that's exactly why i came up with this tool protocol you know uh, uh that i call filtering mm. so that i can have something to go to immediately mm. when i begin going through something that's unideal <laughs> yeah like if i'm going through something right now we we usually we need something in mm. place for ourselves that can help us right away you know because a lot of times our default process is to be emotionally attached to this thing you know those emotions will cloud our judgment yeah, and we'll act out of turn mm. you know and, and just out of alignment so many mm. times so the filtering process is something i can draw you know call on and say okay slow down relax yeah. make sure your emotions are not involved in your thinking right now because if they are they may take you somewhere where you don't want to be mm. so filtering just helps me break everything down mm. so that i can okay. Yeah, again, extract yeah, yeah. Yeah, that strength yeah, yeah, that I need sense. from whatever I'm going through at that moment yeah. and not have to wait on hindsight to give me answers. And I can yeah. develop foresight and say, I got it. Yeah, I love it. So filtering makes perfect sense. So you filter out mm -hmm. the things that you don't need and the things that you need to support you, to help you, to help you move on, to get, to get the lessons, to get the opportunity. So I love that analogy. All the stuff that we don't need, Exactly. Which, doesn't, which doesn't serve us like like acting emotionally mm. when something happens which never serves us well you know there's nobody yeah. that i know including myself that when right. when i act emotionally have i benefited at all no i've just got more frustrated right. annoyed myself i might have antagonized somebody else who, who's thinking, right, what's, right. what's he going on about today what's mm. happened to him i mean but, it's, it's like, so often we got to filter our people too i mean yeah. I, look trust me you know it's like it's not just yeah things emotionally and you know mentally it's people mm. that i've had to filter out so you know what i can't include them yeah. in this equation of my process right now mm. I, they're in yeah. my way yeah you know yeah that's interesting yeah. yeah good point good point yeah and uh, yeah and sometimes it can be it can be friends that are friends good friends close friends but I might not be part of your journey on a particular area. So business, right. as an example, you know, your business is serious to, to scale what you've done in, in 11 years, you know, is phenomenal. And there are probably some people that didn't need to be part of that journey because, you know, it's not their thing. They're not going to, they're going to distract you. They, they may not even understand what you're doing and they might think, well, get to, to do something different. Right. <laughs> they're just like, that's my energy man that's my project exactly uh, and it's difficult to have those people in that part of your life mm -hmm. i completely agree i mean you don't want to ruin that friendship yeah cool you know? that's and it's like it's important yeah is that important to me you know and mm -hmm. i may think friend first instead of business first when i need to be thinking yeah. business first when it yeah. comes to this relationship yeah. But it may be hard to separate the two. So yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, there's been plenty of people that I'm very close with, my closest of friends, that I so say, you know what? Let me keep them away from mm -hmm. what I'm currently working mm -hmm. on because I don't want to mix that up. Yeah. And I think good friends, I respect you for that as well. They get it. That they right. know, they, yeah. they get it. That you yeah. know, good, good friends will understand. Joel has got something serious going on here. He needs to focus on this. Let him do it. When we need to meet up, where whatever's good for us. Mm -hmm. you know that that works also exactly. so we're getting towards the end now I, I i before i forget i wanted to comment on the video so there's a video you've got 
which is almost like a cartoon type video with you, I think your son and different bits mm. and pieces. That, that, that's lovely. Where did the concept for that come up? Because it almost is like a, like a an autobiography, but in video. Right. So, I mean, it, it was, it, it came again. I, I, I mentioned it a couple of times already, but like how I, I'll come up with an idea or something that I'm interested in and I'll act on it, right? Yeah. So with me, I like to give myself just thinking time mm. uh, just to come up with new ideas and concepts. So I was originally, this is before <clears throat> the book was even complete. I was thinking of ways to where I can market the book once it is complete. Yeah. How can, how can we get people interested in this mm. book that, mm. you know, they never heard of mm. and an author they never mm. heard of and things like mm. that. So, well, how do people get interested in, in movies? Mm. Yeah. Oh, a trailer. So I said, oh, I'm gonna make a book trailer, mm. right? And I said, well, what would be different from hiring mm. actors? I said, I don't, I'm not doing all that. That's a mm. true production. I don't wanna have to mm. hire actors and mm. create scenes and stuff. I said, okay, see if you can get an animated, a 3D animated book trailer that looks mm. like Toy Story or mm. you know, Brilliant. something yeah. like that. And that's what I did. I said, okay, let me go ahead and find, you know, some uh, some amazing a- animators mm. that can create or recreate my life. And that's exactly what happened. And it's been taken off, to be honest with you. It's being presented to a few pe- few parties right now for mm. some, uh, some awesome opportunities. Uh, it's four minutes that so many people have said they, they, they cried yeah, watching a portion brilliant, of it. Brilliant. And, um it's it's been it's been amazing just to mm-hmm. look back at it and say whoa this is actually pretty deep yeah. I, I i can't say i fully appreciated it just yet yeah um but it's pretty it's pretty deep because that might, it must be you know theoretical not theoretical sorry <laughs> therapeutic for you obviously you've got the book which is therapeutic but that as well because it's it's a it's kind of like from um from a layman that doesn't know you 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 kind of you're able to quite to you know interpret your journey what you've been through so you've you know you along with the aminators have done a really good job of that yeah i mean with again you put it perfectly i mean within four minutes you get a a small you get a feel for who i am mm, yeah. right you, can, you know you see me at the end motivating a crowd mm. and things like that you mm. see me running from a shooting as a child oh, yeah. on it like those things you you see my life occurrence you see me mm. growing up in an abandoned mm home and stuff like that in in the animation and so i mean the animators man they it was two guys from nigeria mm. uh amazing amazing really done a great animator. job really good job oh man um they they overachieved and mm. in such a great way yeah and um they just i i love how it came out mm. they they did such an amazing job right. it, was, it was about a seven month project really really yeah. well i was thinking when you did it it must have taken a lot to because to storyboard that and to yeah. cap- capture the detail that you're able to put into that. And then I'm not a graphic guy, but for them to create that type of emotion, experience, yeah. the characters, the aesthetics, it was, it's, 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 uh, it's great. You know, they did a, a really good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's awesome. I, I still, I don't know how in the world they pulled this off, but you know, um, it, it was the full DreamWorks mm. process. Yeah, took yeah. Through. you know, yeah. it, it was they had to render all the characters and give them bones mm. and movements. Yeah, I don't know how they pulled this thing yeah. off, but it, it, it's amazing. Yeah, and and yeah, to do that, but to to make it because sometimes you can do it. It sometimes it can look a bit feel a bit disjointed, mm-hmm. on, or if the characters don't move in such a way, or they're not. 
right together in such a way you focus on that and not the story mm-hmm. but with this okay. you get everything you get the story and the characters blend into it so there's no distraction you just it's just a full it's just oh. a full um just inspired watch so uh, I've, I've written that down about three times on this i've got some sheets here i'm writing it down i've got yeah. i've got to remember to mention a video oh, no. so so, I, Thanks, so, I, so, I, so i've done it now so just in relation to the book where can people find the, the book where's the best place for them to get access to the book oh uh, the book is, is on amazon uh it's on amazon and uh again it's available here in the states available across in europe as well um you know if anyone has trouble getting it that way you can go through my website joelbgreen.com uh find a book that way but um again if you when you go to amazon you'll also see the book trailer it's actually up on our amazon page and um it's, it's it's again it's been amazing man just the amount of people that are getting the book and and letting me know mm. via social media yeah. or you know email or whatever way they get in touch with me i'm like wow it's yeah. it's it's working that yeah. my whole objective just to make an impact on people and let them know how they can again draw from whatever they're going mm. through good or bad you can yeah. filter good situations too it's not yeah. just about filtering yeah. the bad like look at what you've done on a good side mm. extract what you need and leave the rest behind so you don't become complacent so that you can replicate those good moments over and over mm. again so you can filter everything yeah but um yeah you guys it's available on, on amazon uh primarily and barnes and noble uh website as well so now, uh, definitely grab a copy wonderful so what i'll do your website amazon i'll put on all that on the show notes so people can access it there and i was also thinking as well that actually this doesn't need to be just for you you can gift this to a colleague at work to your sister to your brother to your brother-in-law your sister-in-law you know if someone's going for a difficult time or you want to be you know you just want to be to do a nice thing for somebody then this is a perfect opportunity to do that i appreciate that so so just lastly you've got two, two questions so one is advice for people listening today that want to become achievers you know maybe there's a, a couple of words you can say so i mean yeah to become an achiever you, ha- you have to stay curious i mean that, that's really what it comes down to mm-hmm. like stay curious about life stay curious about your interests stay curious about your capabilities like mm-hmm. that's the main one mm-hmm. i'll be honest with you stay curious about what you're capable of achieving mm-hmm. because when you stay curious about that you're going to seek out a little bit more of yourself and yeah. then you're going you're to achieve something mm-hmm. and when you stay curious after you achieve something you're going to achieve a little bit more because you're still curious about, hey, I can probably do a little bit more. Let's see. Like when you stay curious, that's what I, it's something I do every day. You know, I can't say it's an exercise, but I always test my abilities out. I always try to see where my threshold is. I try to see my, my threshold of energy, of, of knowledge. That's why I continue to read and learn. I'm just curious. Mm. I'm curious for knowledge. I'm just curious about what exists. So when you, if you want to achieve something great, stay curious even after you achieve so you don't become mm. complacent yeah. that's the that's the scary thing we you know we mm. achieve something we rest on our laurels we sit back say oh we did yeah. it I, don't say that to yourself because yeah. you can celebrate pat yourself on the back enjoy it enjoy mm. your achievement but not to the point to where you're no longer curious about what else mm. you can do beyond yeah, yeah totally because wow. because yeah. Su- success is can be dangerous <laughs> 
because we you know we start getting the cigars out and we think that we've exactly. made it and then you know and whatever industry you're in exactly. it's, all, it's always progressing so you know and um, i didn't ask you about social media so if people want to find you on social media where's the best place for them to find you uh on facebook you can find me joel joel b green uh joel green official on facebook I'm on Instagram often. I'm on there pretty heavy uh, at jgreenplt. That's J-A-Y okay. Green P-L-T. Uh, I love dialogue as well. So you guys feel free to to contact me, send me a DM. Um, you know, I will get right back to mm -hmm. you and we can dialogue. You know, mm -hmm. I love to inspire people even that way by way of, you know, messages on social media. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. If you look up, you know, Joel Green mm -hmm. um, or again, through my website, joelbgreen.com, you can yeah. contact me. Yeah, and any feedback on the book so if anybody gets the book you've got feedback i'm sure joe would welcome that that would be awesome yeah so joel so so every episode there is a reoccurring question and um so the, the reoccurring question is um if you could invite three inspirational people to dinner who, who would who would make your dinner that's, a, that's an amazing question so uh first off i know for sure i i, I want jesus christ to be at the yeah. dinner right so um that and i'll i'll give my reasons as well so I, I want jesus at the dinner and just to to give me the power i don't know if this is even a word i might be making it up but the parabolistic insight that i i, I love to receive just by way of the parables and things like yeah. that I, i've read in the bible but um dr martin luther king jr and malcolm x okay are the other two yeah yeah that dialogue alone <laughs> I would I would love to sit down and be a flower on the wall and hear um, just both of their insight and their perspectives on mm -hmm. the same topics. I would love. I've never heard it. Yeah, I've always been curious about it. I've heard mm -hmm. they met like once, and I'm like, what did they talk about? Mm -hmm. I would love to see what they talked about, mm -hmm. and I would love to hear that dialogue. Mm -hmm. And beyond their dialogue, mm -hmm. I would love for Jesus to sit back and watch them dialogue. Mm -hmm. Then once they're done, give his insight and perspective on what yeah. they just talked yeah. about yeah wow that's amazing I, I would love to just be there and that's i would be amazing. eating if this is at dinner i'm eating they can just talk the whole time i'll be yeah. sitting there i'm just taking it all in i feel like after that meal i will be the most empowered person yeah in the world yeah imagine that imagine that insight that you would have you would just be like wow you if you probably take a week to digest it all you probably have to oh, cancel everything yeah for, for a week say look everything's i know. can write 20 books on, on whatever they said yeah, right? yeah. It's, it's, yeah, yeah it'll be amazing you'd be inspired but you know you're doing an amazing job yourself so you know it's been amazing Absolutely. having you on the podcast and i've got a selfish question so who is in in your opinion the goat in basketball michael jordan michael hey, jordan it's a, close, it's a close second for me yeah, Kobe Bryant is a close second. Yeah, but uh, Michael Jordan, he, okay. he it, it he had a an aura to me when I was yeah. growing up. You know, I, I literally saw like a glow when I would yeah. see him. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, he was a part of my foundation of growth with basketball to where he he helped me to fall in love with it. So, mm. um, just with he what he achieved in thirteen years on the Bulls and so many others like your LeBrons and Kobe's mm. chasing his thirteen years of achievement with 20 year careers that they had yeah for me is no com true comparison mm -hmm. at the end of the day mm -hmm. because he everything we talk about with michael jordan he achieved mm -hmm. in 13 years on the bulls mm -hmm. he had a couple of years on the wizards but nobody really talks about that yeah. but 
we talk about his 13-year career, and everybody compares LeBron's 20-year career mm. to this guy's 13 years. Mm. Jordan still has more of mm. everything, titles mm. and stuff like that. So to me, Jordan is the GOAT. Um, but I love the comparisons. I, I, I respect all the other guys that's in the conversation, mm. Brian, Kobe, Bill Russell, mm. Wilt. Kareem, everybody. Yeah, but yeah, too many. It, it would be Jordan. Too, too many to name. And do you think if Jordan was playing now, he'd still be, you know, he'd be doing big things? If he was playing now, the fact that we're not allowed to touch players without it being called a foul, he may average 37 points. I mean, because he, he averaged about 35 points a game when he was like 22. Mm. You know, if you look at it like that, 22, 30, 23. Mm. And, you know, nowadays – you can do even more offensively because you're not, the fouls aren't being called. He played when he was being thrown to the ground mm. by the Pistons. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and still pulled off these numbers. Yeah. So nowadays, I think he would be just as effective um, and even more creative mm. with the scoring because the skill level is different nowadays. The creativity, as far as offensive wise, mm. is so much greater than it used to be. Mm. He would have adapted to that creativity because he was already creative back then with mm. the layups and all this fancy mm. dunks and stuff. He'll be even better now, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. Um, wonderful. I just had to ask that. Joel, <laughs> thank you so much. I uh, love what you're doing. Amazing uh, journey. Interesting to see what the next five to 10 years are like for you. It's going to be more amazing stuff, potentially more books. So thanks for your time today. Thanks so much, Paul. I appreciate it, man. You're, you're very welcome. And thank you, everybody, for tuning into this episode of My Perfect Failure. We're always looking to grow the show, so please do share the podcast far and wide. And your feedback is also most welcome. We're keen to hear about things you like, things you don't like, and anything else that springs to mind. You can please send any feedback and catch me at Paul Padmore, sorry, Paul at myperfectfailure.com or via the contact page on the website. And take care until the next time of My Perfect Failure. Take care for now. Bye. Thanks for listening to My Perfect Failure podcast. Be sure to visit www.myperfectfailure.com to join the conversation. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Look out for our next episode.